Hello everybody and hello everyone and welcome to another Around the World in 80 Drinks podcast uh, and our mini-series which is running in conjunction with the Tour de France which we've cleverly called Le Pour de France, Le Pour de France I should say. Uh, my name's Tom Sandham and I'm joined by my friend, work colleague, associate. Ben McFarland, associate, Ben McFarland, we're the Thinking Drinkers. How are you, Ben? Are you okay? Bonjour, my petit jufleur. Yes, I'm very well. Thank you very much. Um, enjoying uh, the cycling and stuff. Yeah. And I had some merguez sausages last night for dinner, which were French, so keeping it real. Um, love it, sausage. Yeah, but the merguez is... Um, I've just I've realised there is a there's only a few specialist butchers that really specialise in the merguez over here, and I think there's an opportunity in the sausage world to expand into the merguez market. So if this all comes crumpling down our ears, I've not mentioned this to you yet, but our next revenue stream is North African sausage. Sausage, <laughs> yeah, which you are an, an expert. Yes. Um, great. Okay. Well, that's good. That's keeping things on theme. The reason we're doing this is because the Tour de France is going on right now. Actually um, happening. So it's really happening. Well done, the, the Tour organisers who've managed to get it going in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, and just as a, a very general overview of what we're doing here, we are cleverly mixing up the stage race the races stages with different drinks from those regions. Um, it's, a, it's a brilliant idea. It's a great idea. idea. Uh, and so you, you were going to give you a few facts about the bike racing, the regions, the drinks, um, our wine, our, our wine and spirits and beers. Knowledge is top notch. Our sports commentary is. Um, mm. <clears throat> uh, well, yeah, I'd say we're probably the. Uh, Deuxième division. The lantern rouge of the. <laughs> so I got of one the... of those. Look, that's the old. Uh, is that, is that it? So yeah, yeah that's, for that's people who don't school. know, people who aren't cycling experts, the Lanton Rouge is the person right at the back of the peloton. Yeah, so when it comes to the sports stuff, maybe there, although we are enthusiasts, we are actually out on our bikes as well. Um, yeah. So uh, we like to think we're reasonably, averagely bad at the actual cycling. Follow us on Strava and you'll see exactly how bad we are at that. But we do enjoy it and we're hoping to combine our love of the bikes with uh, some of the great breweries and vineyards and uh, distilleries around the world when we're allowed to travel again. So this is sort of the start of that as well in some ways. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, before we get into the pod proper, saying to Ben, before we started recording, I it would be nice to say thank you to some people because yes. uh, we have spent August not doing the Edinburgh Fringe, which has been a shame. Normally, we'd be thanking all the lovely people who come and see our shows, mm. um, but we've obviously had to not, not do that. Um, so we went away and we've come back. And first of all, thank you to everyone who's downloading the podcast because um, it's, the numbers are now into their thousands, aren't they, Ben? They are. Uh, which is It's remarkable. very encouraging. It, it is. It doesn't bode well for the nation's mental health but <laughs> i still think evidence that if you build it they will come and if yes. you stick around long enough people run out of other things to, to exactly to as so steve martin said uh, perseverance is a wonderful substitute for talent mm. um and we're we're not gonna give up folks so you might <laughs> as well get on board we're still here making this shit uh but people are listening and if you were there listening to this thinking well, I must be one of a very uh, select few who does listen to this, and I shouldn't admit it because I'm slightly ashamed <laughs> to enjoy this content. You can now tell your friends because thousands of other people are like yes, you. You're not sitting alone. in dark rooms listening to us, so uh, you're not alone. Um, <clears throat> and due to the, the fantastic number of people who have clicked on and watched us on, on Facebook, through our videos we now as a standard are running these as videos so uh, so seek out the video content because on our videos as right now I've got a picture of a, a vintage cyclist holding a lantern rouge you can see some of the funny pictures we're going to be putting up. Oh, it's an audio visual it's a sense it's a sensory overload if anything it is yes uh, uh, thanks to everyone who's sharing it on social keep doing that uh, and we mentioned in the last podcast we're now uh, we're on Strava for good yeah. or ill, 
um, people have started following us on that. Martin Lowry in Cheddington, we noticed you followed us very quickly when we suggested it. Thanks, Martin. Be like Martin, follow yes. us, motivate us to go out on, and exercise. Um, it's, it's a good thing. Yes. Also, uh, as mentioned last week, if you share the pod on social media, you, uh, we will automatically enter you into a competition to win a uh, Watney cycling jersey with a big, lovely beer barrel on the front. Um, uh, it's worth £66.99 and we'll even throw in one of those Watney's caps as well um, so just spread it on social media say how wonderful it is you don't have, I mean even if you don't think it's that good still get in the competition and at the end of the tour we'll be giving out one of those and I also want to thank uh, the lovely music comes, oh. co- comes courtesy of Barnaby Green who oh, is a wonderful, wonderfully talented musician who does all our music for us. Uh, he's also my half-brother, I must declare that. Um, so no, he, uh, was sec- he was next on my list. I wanted to thank him as well, because uh, obviously you see him and thank him in person, but I don't. And the music is uh, Tre Magnifique. Tre yeah, Magnifique. The accordion that musician. is playing on there is, is, is his very own. He's not, he plays the accordion very well. Has he got um, a case for that accordion? He's got a case. Someone nicked it recently. <laughs> it was famously um, stolen in Chiswick, but miraculously he returned it to his bedroom uh, safely. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's does loads of good music for for podcasts. Um, mm. So if you if you're listening to this and you want to do a podcast and need need some music, it's much better than that Amazon uh, YouTube music stuff you can get online for free. This is he'll do bespoke stuff and it's always wonderful. So thank you very much to him. Yes. He's also selling wicked, wicked um, COVID masks. It's so masks. get a called Mask a Pony. <coughs> See what he's done there. M A A M A S K A P O N Y. Get involved. I've worn them throughout the uh, pandemic and I haven't got COVID as well. I don't think I have. So they well, must yeah. work, but they. Um, don't and they don't cure itchy balls no uh, or indeed piles no. uh, which uh, an update on piles maybe later yeah piles uh, piles and piles of demo tapes and uh, thank you to anthony clark a quick thank you to anthony who's um who's a bit of a he's a, a, an old school friend and uh, but he also uh, repairs bikes over at uh, Richmond Cycles on Richmond Road. If you do want to get West your London. bike seen too, if you live in that area, go and see him because he's very good at fixing bikes. Mm-hmm. And he fixed your bike at very short notice, didn't he, Ben? He so did. It was amazing. It made a hell of a difference. Yeah. Didn't make uh, any of those sort of annoying noises. Really. <laughs> I could change gear and everything. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it could stop when cars were coming at me. Yeah. Uh, the brakes worked. So no, he's very good. At, he's very good at that. And Richmond Cycles over on Richmond Road, go and pop in there. Uh, he's a very nice chap. Uh, and also, he's giving us lots of advice on training yeah. and trying to get better at our bike riding. So that's yeah. another reason. Um, full disclosure: uh, apart from the fact that Anthony is an old school friend and uh, Barnes is Ben's half brother, no one's paying for us to say these things. <laughs> Literally, no one is giving us any money for these podcasts. So when we give out a shout out to these people. Uh, they count because we're not being yes. paid there. Uh, so, um, and I, uh, I thought also since we're not being paid in any way for this, Ben, uh, we should we should probably give ourselves a shout out. Yeah, yeah. Um, what we can yeah. say about us? Well, just a quick update on the live work because our our promoter, Bound and Gags Comedy, have actually booked us into loads of venues from the end of January, running through to the Edinburgh Fringe. Now, obviously, we can't really make those too public until we know for sure what's going to be going on with uh, the virus etc it looks like theatres are opening so we're quite confident that in the new year we will be back out with our new pub quiz show yeah. so do visit our website regularly uh, follow us on social so we'll be hang on well 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 rewind 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 i've not put the dates up on the website yet no 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 that's fine that's fine we're not going to that's what i said we're Sorry, you I can go to Bound and Gagged, I think. Are the dates on there? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they put them up there. Christ, this is an organised operation, isn't it? Well, that's the point, isn't it? We yeah. can't be sure, viewers and listeners, when we'll be out there. But we will. We will be back. So, so just keep keep on top of 
our social and we'll tell you about that. In the meantime, though, we're writing a book, aren't we, Ben? Oh, yeah. 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 We are doing something. We're not just sitting around um, putting pod content out. <laughs> Free. Free <laughs> like vanity yeah. projects. Um, no, we're writing a book. We've got book deals. So there'll be a new book called Drink Less, Drink Better, and that's out next year. Um, we'll be talking about it a lot, I imagine, over the yeah. next well, well, we'll talk about it once you've written it, because then we'll know what it's about. <laughs> there we go. So we are doing stuff. Um, right, should um, we crack on? Because I think, I think so. Yeah. That's a lot of bullshine that I've gone yeah. through there. Um, so so we would, did say we'd give a quick overview of the racing itself. This podcast is covering stages four, five, and six. Um, and we have watched it, uh, and it has yeah. been... It's, it's sort of peaks and troughs in terms of... It's been, uh, it's been a bit up and down, a bit like the uh, some of the stages. Yeah. Uh, stage four Good was Sister on to uh, Orsier Merlet, uh, which is a ski resort um, famous for, uh, for a race in 1971, a stage race when uh, Louis O'Connor beat Eddie, the great Eddie Merckx. Uh, the cannibal. Yeah, and anyone with a sort of vague cursory interest in bike racing should have heard of Merckx, the Belgian mm-hmm. rider who's a bit of a legend but this this stage saw uh, Okana taking on Merckx and and beating him by about eight minutes so eight eight and a half minutes which is was fairly incredible um uh it didn't have quite the same levels of excitement as that uh it, but the Jumbo Visma team sort of established themselves didn't they Ben yeah, they're the, starting to turn the screw, aren't they? they Early the doors to beat, really. Um, and um, yeah, they they look pretty pretty handy. The Slovenian rider uh, Roglic, he won the tour, the the stage, and yeah. his second was Pugachar, who's the other Slovenian, the young writer, rider at the moment. So Slovenia seemed to be uh, emerging the there new as a power. Mm. Mm. I hear good mm. things of Slovenia. Found a very uh, nice place to go on holiday. Good drinks. They do wine. They do beer. They do spirits. Uh, so perhaps one for us to go and cycle around. Well, there. maybe the Slovenian tourist board are listening, <laughs> and they could sort that out for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he's a big lad, isn't he? Mm. Rod, mm. How do you say his name? Rogic. Roglic. Roglic. Yeah. It's he's. I think he might win it. Although I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not kind of you know, and that's not demonstrating any kind of otherworldly insight. He's favourite, pretty much, isn't he? Yeah, I, the, the way they, they rode as well, they look like robots, don't they? I just, yeah. they're just machines, and they've got a few other riders van out in there, and he's he's pretty special the as well. Are, yeah. So they're. Um, yeah, they're all over it, uh, and that you know, if if you want some insights into cycling, clearly that's, that's well. What, what well, bear in mind that I put I put ten quid on Pino, mm. Thibaut Pino, who um, doesn't seem to be anywhere. Mm. And he, I think, well, you know, I've got a theory about Pino that he's just uh, licking his wounds because he fell off early, and I think he's just wait, well, he's just going to get through this first week. And then he's gonna hit it hard. He's not helped by the fact that his team is a bit shit. Mm. And I think that it, any of the sort of pre-tour classic racing, if you watched any of that, um, and you saw how the Jumbo Visma boys were competing across the board, I think you'd probably take that that bet back. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> So the, for me to for me to make any money, we're going to need some ser- a, a series of high profile crashes involving yeah. the favourites. Maybe ten to twelve of them. Well, which can these, happen, Tom. they can, and and these are the sorts of incidents bring us on to stage five, which went from Gap to Prevas, uh, which was one for the sprinters and the commentary. If you watched it live, it was about three hours of no one doing much, apparently, according to the commentary mm. team, and was very dull. And we should say it was well, a, a, a flatter stage, and um, and there was a sprint at the end. 
But I'm putting but, my hand up. Can I say something here? Well, I know what you're going to say. What are you going to say? Gonna be, it's going to be to do with the speed they were travelling. Yes, now, it I is. <laughs> because, because for the for the uh, for the for the say us uh, amateur yeah. cyclists, can we call ourselves that? No, uh, I don't think we even call no, ourselves that. No, probably not. But I, I'd say I can manage. I can manage to sustain over a fifty kilometres a a. 29 kilometers per hour speed that's which is not bad it's Give, not disastrous you but only these got guys, stabilizers three weeks ago <laughs> these guys who are apparently just having a little poodle down the, the road yeah. were averaging 42 kilometers an hour and they didn't look bothered at all well at the the winner the the belgian fella van Oort, uh, uh, when he was interviewed at the end he was like well you know it was that's the easiest stage we've ever done. It was, I mean, we was really, really slow and are you mentalist. Yeah, it's I mean, insane. But there was a lot of uh, road furniture on that. The, the, so it was a slow. It was a very slow beginning, and uh, and then the organisers decided to take them around what looked like a French version of Milton Keynes. There was about <laughs> twenty five roundabouts at the end, weren't they? I love the aerial shots of them going round and roundabouts. Brilliant. It is Just wicked. the way they snake around it. And yeah. I love the way they say they've gone the wrong way round the roundabout. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just a circle, isn't it? And no. Go no 42 kilometres an hour, I'd be happy to go either way around it. Yeah, I'd go over it. I, I just, there were a few guys doing it over the, over the middle sort of the curbs, the barriers that separating the, the, the lanes. Just bunny hopping over them. I just thought, Christ, that's not. That but no, but I think there is. I think I genuinely think there is. Uh, when they're when they're planning the race, they were saying yeah, that for each roundabouts, they work out which is actually because often it will just shoot you out on the right angle. Mm. Um, but anyway, it seemed very dangerous, and then the roads yeah. kept thinning, and then they're just putting bollards. There's like all these bollards. Um, not to mention all the bottles they keep throwing in front of each other. Yes, uh, it, it seemed. It seems, it, although it was supposedly boring, it, it didn't seem incident-free. And then at the very end, uh, Ala Philippe, who's the sort of the, 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 the crazy French man, who's is a bit. I, I find him a bit more like an Italian uh, than a Frenchman. So what I'm would you? What would you? Um, why would you say that? Are you saying it there? It's just a bit more. He's not quite so. Oh, I'm French. He's a bit more. I'm That is that is how I would uh, give you. Oh, my I see. No, it's of... not because he lives with his mum or anything. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no it's not. Uh, he is very needy, though, as he proved when yes. he took a bottle of water uh, in a restricted area. He's not allowed. To, he wasn't allowed to take. The bottle of water and so he took a 20 second penalty for that and Alaphilippe was if you are watching the video you can see we've got a picture of this incident and he's wearing a yellow jersey because he was in the leader jersey mm. by doing that took a 20 second penalty and lost the yellow jersey now um now here's a question and this shows my ignorance again the man with the bidon who hands in the bidon is he mm. an official um, he's a team member i'll tell you who else he is he's his cousin and apparently lifelong advisor. Um, okay, he's out of a job now, I bet. <laughs> Still his cousin, but... Yeah, but you know what it's like working with you. Well, you work with your family, with, with, with uh, Barnes, you know, yeah. making the music. When they're doing well, it's fine, but uh, it's probably easier for him to get rid of him. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, I think, I think everyone was pretty devastated, but he shouldn't have taken it anyway, so I think he took some of the blame. Um, the, the thing was, it's a, it's a rule, so you can't really do much about it. He broke a rule. It sounds like a mm. stupid rule. He only had about 17 kilometres to go, and he, he, so so why would he need a drink? I mean, <laughs> anyone who spends 17 kilometres going fast on a bike might get thirsty. I do think maybe you could say that in the last five kilometres, but Yeah, anyway, 17 seems a bit... Quite, are you allowed to eat? Distance. But you, you obviously... You are you allowed do, to if, drink, but you're not allowed to take, take on more to... Because I think it's getting to a speed now where, you know, you're... Uh, so some of the domestiques would probably have had the water and could, could might even be up. able to take it themselves if they're at the back. And then, I don't know, really. I don't know enough about the rule. Um, 
And then listen, was, to listen to a cycling podcast <laughs> if you want to know the rules. <laughs> the most important thing about it all was, though, his balls up led to Adam Yates getting the yellow jersey. And Adam Yates is British. He rides for Mitchelton Scott, and Mitchelton is a, uh, an Australian vineyard. He got the yellow jersey, a British guy wearing a wine sponsor, leading the Tour de France. Um, so Parfait. That is what we want to hear. Yep. So that's um, good. And it, but he was a bit sheepish about it because he was like, uh, thanks for the yellow jersey, but this isn't why this isn't the way I'd like to receive it. And I think, oh shit, the Frenchman cheated. Take <laughs> <laughs> the shirt, man. Yeah. Um, and as that's the problem out, with the friends, they cannot stop eating and drinking. <laughs> Whereas Brits uh, yeah. like to show a little bit of restraint. Mm. And we've got 20k to go. Don't need yeah. water because I'm not yeah. a pussy. Tough, tough, tough humans. Uh, I, I was, it doesn't matter how he got it. Apparently, it, there was a, a year where he should have had it, and the 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 um judges who that gave it to someone else. No, Yates. So, oh, okay, so it was um, also, that, do you remember when Froome got off, had a problem with his bike and started running up the mountain? Do you oh, yeah. That? Yeah, that they gave. I think they gave yellow to Froome when, strictly speaking, if they'd have stopped the the timing at that point, Yates would have. You can't run yellow. with your bike. That's well, you can't run out. without a bike. I don't mind if you run with a bike. I mean, that <laughs> seems like an odd choice, but at least you got a bike. Um, so we were pleased, and and for what was apparently a very boring stage for the commentators for three hours, turned out to be brilliant. And Sam Bennett, the Irishman, got the sprinters' green jersey that day. So uh, another. Additional um, good. I was trying to think of a um a pun or a headline with Yates's Wine Lodge or something. Uh, but it doesn't really work. Yates's Wine Ledge. I'll come back to you on that. Yeah. Uh, stage six was Latil to uh, Mont Agui. Mont Agui. Agui. Mont Agui. Let me just check that. Hang on. Yeah. While you're checking that, Mont Agui. Agual. Okay. As in Wagual. Uh, Wagual. Mont Agual. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, is, this is, well, this is all, well, we're going to, we'll come on. We're going to talk about, about, we'll talk about, we'll talk about the food and then we'll talk about the wine. Yeah. Uh, it's massive Santrell, uh, loads massive. of countryside, country, country roads, uh, beautiful views. Um, it also features oh. in this book, uh, the, the Rider by Tim Crabby. Um, and uh, this is a book all about a bike race going through this this stage essentially. And as you can see, I've actually started reading that. Well um, done, mate. Coming yeah. on, the readings coming on leaps and bounds. Yeah, I can read some of the words, not all of them. And uh, uh, and it, there was a lot of talk about gradient here because it was going up for a lot. Uh, so I, I thought I'd get a gradient picture for everyone <laughs> to show them what that means. So it's worth watching the videos because we do things like this, put signs yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, gradients. And apparently the gradient of this climb was 7.3%, which everyone thought was, oh, it's okay, yeah, it's not that hard. But there were times where it went up to 14%. Yeah, that's and, a lot. Uh, for a long time. And so I think it's fair to say there was a lot of climbing and it was pretty hard. Uh, the, the stage was won by Alexei Lutsenko, uh, his first career Tour de France stage win. Um, and he was in part of a breakaway, an eight-man break. Uh, everyone thought this was more exciting than the previous stage. Once they broke away, he won. Yeah. It didn't seem massively amazing. He's very good at the climbing, though, isn't he? He keeps <laughs> going. And then, good. I mean, <laughs> just keeps really, I mean, the speed, because when the cameras are next to them, you think he's going fast, and then they pan back, and you're like, oh, shit, he's on a hill. Yeah. And uh, he's going up. And there's who's the uh, Kofidis Kofi, guy? Kofi, the net Kofidis, yeah. Yeah, he kept um, uh, the Spanish fella. He was in second the whole time. He he looked in agony. Yeah, it was yeah. all across his face. Whereas no. um, the Lutsenko winner, he just was, he just wasn't even moving. Like but apparently he was. He'd been he's been targeting that stage. Right, right from the beginning. Um, so that's, that explains why he won it. But also, um, all the GC, all the classification dudes. Just for like, bothered, bothered. Go and go and win this stage. We're just yeah. going to try and get through it. 
Although Ineos turned up, it didn't they? And they seem to be they seem to be setting the pace, which suggests that maybe the British team Ineos Grenadiers might still be in with a bit of a shout. Uh, there was a suggestion that Jumbo Visma are so strong it's going to be difficult for them, but they they put on a bit of a show. So fingers crossed. A little bit, they but they did win. leave a couple of their riders behind. The only people they seem to drop are part of their team. <laughs> That'd be us, right? Yeah. Back. Uh, uh, and uh, Cosnefoy wasn't really in it, which I find weird. Cosnefoy, and we got this pronunciation wrong, but if you listen to the cycling podcast uh, where they, they talk a lot more about the actual bike riding, um, they also had the problem with pronunciation, and apparently he himself went to the media and said, stop saying, because they were saying Cosnefoy, and he was saying, no, it's Cosnefoy. Wasn't for, yeah. yeah. So there's there's our racing updates. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're tuning in for the bike racing stuff, yeah, you just won gold there. Yesterday's um, news tomorrow on the cycling. <laughs> we've just told you what happened four days ago in a bike yeah. race. But next year we're going to be there, and uh, we're going to be doing it on a daily basis. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Thanks but, to our sponsors. Yeah. Uh, but we so this was the region, and we, we the uh, the region they've been through, and you can see the Massif Central has got a couple of the places that they they. Uh, you see why it's called Massif Central, can't you? It's, it's in the middle. Pretty big. And, uh, it's in the middle, yeah. Um, and it's sort of across the Haute Alp, the Drome. Drome, yeah. Um, Cote de Rhone region is the big one for our drinks, which we'll get on yeah. to. But there's loads of there's loads of food shit going on here as there well. There really it? is. Um, it's, it's probably the most notable sort of foodie section for us because, um, because the, well, there's just a real variety of well, foods. Yes. Um, they, goat's cheese is big. <coughs> goat's cheese, um, yeah. When uh, stage five, I think it was, they went sort of past Montelimar. Yeah. It's big on uh, Nougat. Mm-hmm. And Nougat is, uh, Montelimar is like the um, the centre of French Nougat production. Comes from the Middle East, Nougat. Mm. Um, and it became famous in France because Emile Lubé, who used to be the mayor of Montelimar, he became French president at the turn of the century, 1899 to 1906, Dom. That's my friend. Oh, nice. Good. Oh, yeah. well, <laughs> um, he, um, he started giving it, he really bigged it up, bigged up Nougat. Gave it to pretty much anyone who came visit any dignitaries who came to France. They got some nougat, and that um, and then made it. And there's four thousand five hundred tons of nougat is is produced every year, maintaining the uh, jobs of uh, three hundred people. So flipping it, big yeah. deal. And um, they use it in the bike racing. Yeah, twenty eight percent. Do you know you have to have this? Is these are the proportions you have to have. Of the of the nuts, twenty eight percent almonds, two percent pistachio, and twenty five percent lavender honey. I don't like nougat. I find it right. Well, this is the thing, okay. isn't it? Go this on. is the thing. Well, I remember when I had my swimming lessons. After the lesson, you'd make a beeline for the um, for the vending machines yeah. after swimming, and the the and Barrett did a, a nougat bar in there, mm. and no one fucking touched that. Stuff. No. It really not. wasn't, and Barrett, to be fair to them as a sweets company, are behind a Sherbet Dip Dabs, and yeah. amongst other things. So they're not a bad sweet maker, but no, this was got, this was just, it was just the one you didn't go near, really. No, and that was it, the kind of yeah. confectionery style. If you, have the, if you have the authentic stuff in the region, sometimes it doesn't taste of anything, really. It's just I'll find very it, chewy. Um, I'll find it clags on the tooth. Hmm. Tooth mm. right at the back. Mm. If you're biting, then you spend the whole day trying to lift up some kind of detritus from the back of your, <laughs> your back of your uh, teeth there, and I don't like it. It's like if you get a hair caught there. Uh, uh, <laughs> so he's saying maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's the region is famous for it, and uh, mm. Peter Kedick, who's one of the commentators on ITV4. Told us that the the riders do uh, they do do eat it because it's a big sugary hit. So yeah, it does have a relevance. Um, the race went through Neon, which is uh, has an AOC for olive oil as well. So there's some 
olive oil up there. And the Drome region is apparently famous for its um, sort of pastry, pastry biscuits that are shaped like uh, men. Did you know this, Ben? It's not a not no. a word. So they're like so gingerbread got, men. They're like gingerbread men, aren't they? They're called um, Swiss... Uh, Tony. Swiss de Valence. Is that uh, God? Valence, yeah, God? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, traditional French biscuit shaped like a man. Um, and it's inspired by the uniforms that were worn by uh, Pope Puy, the sixth Swiss guards. Puy de Puy de Vic. There's a region called Puy de Vic. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, made with shortbread, flavoured with orange blossom. They, smell, they do taste nice, sound like they taste nice. Uh, tiny pieces of candied orange peel. It's a hat, a moustache, raisins are used. I mean, they That's go through a lot of trouble. They, they go through a, and of course, it's pastry in the shape of something interesting or funny, which I, one of the main reasons I was using it was if you are watching the video there, folks, it gives me an opportunity to put out the pastries that are deliberately shaped like cocker balls. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, how long, when you're, when you're making those little gingerbread men, how long is it before you go, I'll make oh cock and balls. I've I'm going to put some babies on this one, some cock and balls on this one, and they're going to be in the oven. together. And, uh, then, and then when so we eat them, we can have a right laugh. <laughs> so that was really the only reason to go into the pastry story. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> well, I, I can follow up with nuts. Um, <laughs> because... Um, the Ard- I've actually been to the Ardèche. I've been on a wine trip and a chestnut trip. Mm. And the Ardèche is chestnut central. There are 65 different varieties of chestnuts cultivated in the Ardèche. And now the Ardèche, I don't know if you know it, it's kind of, um, well, it's thankfully devoid of British tourists because it's quite difficult to get to. Um, it's it's like a it's a, like a really the roads are like a very beautiful bank you, and so much as from A to B is not very far, but you've got to go left and right, left and right, obviously uh, along the gorges and the and the and and the windy windy rivers and windy roads, and it is absolutely beautiful. I'm just going to show you one of the main places in the Ardèche. This is I've uh, canoed there. I've canoed there. Have you? Yeah, because we, nice. we, we did the Dordogne one year, and um, and that is the opposite. But I've canoed, kayaked through this region, because uh, my dad then took us a couple of years later to this region, because for for that reason, not to be too snobby about Brits abroad and all the rest of it, but it is kind of the Dordogne, it's beautiful, but it's it's very British, whereas this is proper. Yeah, no one's there, no one's there. It's the emptiest part of France. Um, statistically, um, yeah. uh, but it's got so it's got not, not many people, but lots of chestnuts, and then um, they're called Marron. And I went to this place called uh, uh, the Hotel du Vivare um, in the spa town of Val Le Bain, which is very near Prevest, which is um, well, very close to where the, the route went through actually. Mm. So the hotel there um, has a chef called Christian Briud. And now he is the world expert on traditional chestnut cuisine. Um, he is a chestnut. <laughs> a, a chestnut. chestnut. <laughs> um, uh, uh, oh no, it's not. A, it's a she. I forgot. It's a she. <laughs> Christiane. I've met oh, her. The chestnuts. Then <laughs> she's chestnuts. she is a chestnut. Um, and she very kindly um, made a ten course chestnut meal wow uh, that yeah. sounds ambitious it what it was and I, i'll tell you what i had because i wrote it down and i found it i well we started with la castagne which is a like a key royale but instead of uh um uh instead of the the the, the cassis it's made from from chestnuts a chestnut right. paste liqueur and then, then we had chestnut gratin chestnut soup and chestnut bread Smoked salmon on a chestnut pancake, pork with chestnut, chestnut powdered ham from pigs fed on chestnuts, and pigeons served on a bed of lentils and chestnuts. And then we had ice cream drinks in the sauce made from yes, walnuts. <laughs> yeah, from almonds. No, chestnuts again. Okay. And then opposite the hotel, 
is a brewery, the Bourganelle Craft Brewery, which is makes some lovely beers, and they have a uh, make a chestnut beer as well. Wow! So, there you go. And they've got some good bit. Uh, where's Where's that? Um, it's amazing to do that. It's just nuts. It's crazy. Um, uh, and it takes other chestnut fats. Takes ten minutes before you can get to the. You have to boil a chestnut for ten minutes before you get to get to the good bit. Takes ten years before a chestnut tree bears fruit. Um, and that's about it, really. Okay. Um, but the and and if you go if you if you get involved in some chestnut chat around the Ardèche, um, the best chestnut is the Bouche Rouge. It's the, it's the Rolls Royce of, of chestnuts. <laughs> the Red Bush. The Red Bush. No, the Red no, uh, Red bush, Mouth. Bush. Red no. Mouth. Red Mouth chestnut. Yeah. Hmm. Um, okay. So that's so that's good. Well, so they also right. they're also into their sausage to continue the phallic themes yeah. uh, there's a specific uh, Ardèche saucisson um, to go with your nuts so there's some beer snacks uh, if ever if ever you needed them um, and uh, and the they apparently is, is it's flavoured in a very specific way is that your chestnut beer you've got yeah I can't get out of the way hang on, hang on. there you go oh yeah what's that doing there hang on oh that's my chair thanks your chair looks like it's got some sort of polar bear. Yeah, problem. no, I've got, I've got a goat, uh, like a goat skin on it, something like that. Good that it isn't polar bear. That no. Be... Well, they are, they're bastards, the polar bears. <laughs> Rip your face off. They look cute. Um, Combo, well, that's, that's a good beer. Try it. Okay. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, what else can we say about this region before we get to the specific drinks? Uh, it go, it went, stage six went through the Seven, Cheven, how should I pronounce that? keeping the phallic phallic, uh, images up for for anyone who's watching this video. Uh, Big rock shape like a dong. Yeah, (laughs) people have been living here since 400,000 BC and the prehistoric man erected loads of megaliths in the early days. Uh, Also popular with mushrooms. Mushroom big, picking. Big mushroom land. Yeah. And I thought I'd get this picture up for you, Ben. Because this was a picture That's I said. I typed a Google image in, funny mushroom picture. <laughs> Look what came up. I mean, that is brilliant. Whoever did that deserves a medal or a yellow jersey. i describe that. For those who are not enjoying the visual experience, it's a it's one mushroom that's shaped like a pair of butt cheeks. And I think someone's put a hole in the top. And then there's another mushroom shaped like a circumcised willy and you just can't beat that really <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay we could call it quits on the on the podcast here but so uh, yeah. i'll remove that and put this picture up with men with bikes and onions because yeah, there's also onions. the the gar region guard region uh is famous for the onion du onion. <clears throat> Meanwhile, just as another aside, Privas is um, the capital of the Ardèche, and yeah. it is twinned with Weatherby. So I thought I'd just get a picture of Weatherby up there <laughs> to show. Fucking hell, man! I think yeah, Weatherby got the better deal there. Yeah, there's a lot of, they've got a little artisan cafe there next to their double decker bus called Costa. Yes, Costa, honour of the French. It's funny they don't. You go to French towns and they just they they don't have those chains, do they? They don't have coffee chains. Mm. There's 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 not that cookie cutter coffee culture thing going on. No. Another reason to move there, get out of this godforsaken place. <laughs> anyway, sorry, <laughs> went off. Costa, Costa, one of our friends deals with the cakes in Costa, though, and uh, they do have nice cakes. So um, uh, we're going to move on to the specific drinks we're going to taste now. Which are all wines. Yes. Well, podcasts. good because so we're wine experts. <laughs> we are wine writers. Yeah. Uh, we so you'll see our names winning various awards. I'm sure over the yeah. next twelve months, um, because we've become wine experts since doing these podcasts. Yeah. And, uh, uh, we've tasted we're all get, of them. We're going <laughs> to. Ben's tasted every single wine. Yeah. Um, gonna, all, all our wines today have come from Sainsbury's. We did a bit of drinks consultancy for Sainsbury's. Uh, uh, it, it was a document called The Drinks Dispatch, which you can read on their website, should you so desire, which just looks at all the big trends in wine and 
spirits and beer. We specifically worked on the spirit stuff and cocktails because everyone seems to be making cocktails at home right now. Sainsbury's just did delve deeper into that and we advised them to give people a bit more help on, on that in, mm. in the shop. And um, But interestingly, in the wine research, Ben, they discovered that according to this report, 6.8 million people have bought, guess what? Bag in a box wine oh, during the lockdown. I know all about that, mate. I'm the, I'm the go-to expert on that. I mean, I there's nothing I don't know about bag in the box. You can call it pouches. You can call it bag in the box. You can call it bagness. But that was actually a phrase named uh, christened by uh, a uh, by a particular producer. So you can't actually call all of them bagnums. But it's a good. And then also <coughs> there's card Bordeaux, which is a which um but i came up with an idea especially if you're going to do french bag in the box because it i thought you could launch a rain called called ghoul blooded yeah ghoul nice g-a-u-l black because it comes like a bladder yeah and bladder means to be drunk see so yeah we do drink better but yeah 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 yeah. um but ghoul bladder i don't think you understand it Gaul no, bladded. I, 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 got, I definitely got it. Because Gaul uh, is another word for France. Uh, you don't have <clears> French <throat> wines. You couldn't have Spanish because then it wouldn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Um, or, but you know, Australia, I mean, you know so or, much. Or Australian. Or Australian. Or American. Or Australian. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you know so much about it. Mm. Yeah. That they're um, they're sending them to you before any of the mm. more established wine writers. <laughs> Sometimes. Well. Yeah, well, I've just got the inside track on it. Because... <laughs> I don't rely on press samples. I go out and I get them because I don't get. In, I don't want to be influenced by press offices or anything like that. In the same way, I will not accept trips paid by. I won't go on trips paid by wine tourists. No, no. Well, what's the that's point? just not ethical, is it? I mean, if you, you just send out with lots of other wine experts and your yeah. your palate can be influenced by what some things that other people say, you're just a, you're just a you're just a renegade, you're a maverick. Um, I've got I've got people on the ground, yeah, actual people like yeah. lying on the ground at the vineyards, lazy bastards. <laughs> Don't get on with it. Probably on strike. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we were in the Rhone. We were in the Rhone region for our wines that we're going to taste, yeah. um, and uh, because we're becoming wine experts, a bit of an overview. Uh, this is very basic, but the Rhone region is split into north and south. And in the north, you find great Syrah, 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 <clears throat> okay, Syrah, and um, uh, and in the south, Grenache uh, grapes. And the north goes up to Lyon, and the south goes down to Arles. And the north, you're looking at wine brands like uh, Saint Joseph, yeah. uh, Hermitage, and Saint Joseph. A uh, bit of a shout out for them. I've got a very dusty bottle of a 2014, which was bought by our family friend uh, because my son is called Joseph. So when he was born, they bought 2014. He was born in 2013. They couldn't find 2013. So they got 2014. Yeah, well, it's not bad. Nice, really nice gesture. And in the south, you've got the, the, the big one would be the Chateau Neuf du Pape. And uh, even if you don't know anything about wine, if you, you, you probably know that if you say that in conversation... <laughs> It's expensive. Yeah. Um, Although so, I don't, it's not often, it's not always. Um, and you've got, no, you can get, you can get reasonably priced. Saint Paris, yeah. Combrieu, all those Northern Rhone mm. Appellations. Hmm. Um, but I've, um, well, let's taste these ones. Then I'll tell you a story about my visit to one of the other vineyards. Okay. Um, well, let's go with the, the Ventoux. So the reason I mentioned the Sainsbury's work is because Sainsbury's happened to have three wines from this mm-hmm. that cover these stages so uh we we worked with other wine suppliers um, but if you are just shopping in sainsbury's what was nice was you can at the weekend you can buy these wines and you can drink your way through uh the stages that we've just discussed um <clears throat> and their coat de ventoux okay let me answer i've got three different glasses so i don't mix them up well, they sent us a few bottles of this stuff, which was, yeah. which was very nice of them to do. Uh, we are talking about it. Well, got, you can't got, buy us, Tom. No, you can't buy us, but they, they, they can certainly send free, free wine. Send yeah, bottles of wine sure, are sure. always welcome. So that's one I'll be probably enjoying this evening with some red meat, um, I'm afraid, for yours, if you don't like red meat. Um, and can I, I suggest a uh, Merguez sausage? 
because they're going to be the next big sausage thing. Uh, always happy to listen to sausage advice. Yes. Um, and so I've pre-poured my wines today. Yeah. And let them breathe a bit, because apparently that's something that yeah. you do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, so the the Von Two is a uh, is a very famous mountain. The reason we selected this is it, is it has been a fixture of the Tour de France mm-hmm. um, many times. We're not actually going through the Von Two, past the Von Two or up the Von Two in this year's Tour de France, but uh, but it's it's a, a, an appellation, a wine region there that's that's not a million miles away from where they've been cycling, and you can see. The Von Two behind me, if you can yeah. see our video, and it's a massive mountain. I cannot imagine cycling up it. It seems absurd. Um, now, in this region, the Mediterranean sun is important, and the Mediterranean right. sun, probably similar to the Hertfordshire sun that I enjoy, and uh, yeah. the London sun you enjoy. Yeah. Um, but um, it is a bit hotter, and right. but it's tempered by the cooling oh. effects of the mountain. The Mistral. So, is there a Mistral thing? Not the Mistral here so much as the, the actual mountain itself. The Mistral comes a bit, comes a bit more further down south. All right. Southern, southern cone. That was a tough uh, well, one. It's, it's a sort of southern, but it's it's more that they, they put the, the emphasis on the mountain, cooling it down. Um, and they grow the grapes here, you can see in the vineyards, are grown in a UNESCO Global Geopark. <laughs> Sounds cool, doesn't it? Um, so the grapes that, the, that they pick for our Sainsbury's one too are all... Um, part of a conservation and sustainability project as well, which is nice to hear, isn't it? And the yeah. grapes in there are Grenache, which yeah. thrive in hot, dry vineyards. Okay, wait a minute. Are they, are they hot during the day? It's, it's mostly hot during the day. Cooler at night. And cooler at night. Um, but they, they fight against the, the terroir. And, uh, and then you've got the Syrah, which is one of the great noble black grape varieties. Uh, rules the northern Rhone Valley and gives us big smoky flavours apparently mm. versus some of the maybe the fruitier um, Grenache. Mm. So what do you think Ben? Mm. This is our mm. one two, taste the difference, coat the bomb too. I've got spit why, why are you spitting it out? Because I'm a pro. Um. <laughs> that made me spit it up my nose. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> um, I'm getting plums. Big juicy plums. They're uh, sticking around yeah. my gums. Around <laughs> my, my gums. Uh, yeah, I'm getting some of the sort of peppery notes though. It's quite a, a bit of spice. Yeah, it's, um, it's lighter than I thought it would be. I thought it would be really big because I've just assumed that all three of these wines are going to be mm. massive. Um, but um, but it's quite mm. Mm, it's quite raspberry. A raspberry, yeah. yeah, that's uh, a raspberry beret. Yeah, uh, I think quite it's quite. Um, it's got that. Yeah, pl- I, I keep coming back to plums. You do big juicy plums. <laughs> no wonder it goes well with sausage. Yeah. Uh, so that's I know. Mm. Um, it's yeah. You're right. It's got that sort of breeziness to it. Yeah, I like breezy, it. Yes, breezy blackberry as well. Um, with a lid, yeah, right. I quite like that. What's do you know what the what's the damage on that one? Well, uh, it's interesting you should say that because I was quickly scrambling around my notes to try and find out how much it is retailing for. Uh, eight pounds fifty. Eight pounds fifty. Ah, is. Do you know what they call that in, in France? <laughs> en oh, I thought you were going to say wheat. No, en yeah. That's what they call it. That's that's French for buy. Bargain. Sure. Well, let's move on to the next one. So that was the Coates Von Two, uh, which are about I think that's about as as bike related as you can get in terms of the Tour de France, the Von Two. So uh, it's a nice one to include. But we're going to go on to a Cote de Rhone, And so this is in the Southern Rhone. Uh, yep. Vance Ray is a is a uh, it has its own AOC, uh, one of seventeen of the villages from all the world. So it can be termed as a cru, which makes it sound fancy, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and there are three quality levels when it comes to the Cote d'Irene. You've got Cote d'Irene Village, 
Cote Rhone and the Cru de Cote de Rhone. So this is a Cru de Cote de Rhone from Sainsbury's oh, right. again. Um, Quite like this sort of sort of Daltanian style uh, old label. Yes. It's got a good, it sort of says to me, this is going to be quite nice. Yes. I mean, obviously, you, you see some of the new world wines and they might put a bike on. Yeah. No, no, no. And, no. Um, I mean, oh, it does, no. it's like, it just occurred to me that with Mitchelton Scott, the new world wine and a Brit currently wearing the yellow jersey, <laughs> belling around some of the most prestigious old world wine regions. <laughs> Must really Rub it get in French noses. Uh, so, uh, but I do like. Agree. I, I'm drawn to labels that look traditional. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, this is. Uh, it was. It got its own AOC in 2006, apparently. So not yeah. that long ago. And here we've got southeast facing limestone slopes at the beginning of the Alpine foothills, which yeah. is what affects the terroir particularly. Um, and uh, and let's give it a smell. So this again is a Grenache mm -hmm. and Shiraz blend. It's not dissimilar to what we just had there before. Um, big mm. big flavours again. Mm. Mm. I'm getting mm. well. They talk about smoked meat uh, when they talk when they talk about mm -hmm. this one. I don't get that, but I do. I see a hint of smoke, and uh, on its own, that's quite. That's quite boisterous, bombastic. I think it got, it got more of the tannins, hadn't it? It's quite, uh, quite a sort of. Mm. Mm. It's fourteen point five percent. This I wine, think that so needs some. I think that needs some some food to. Uh, really, I what? think it, it will come into its own with a bit of. Yeah. Merguez. Have I told but, you about the merguez? <laughs> they're going to be the next some, big thing in uh, sausage nuts and sausage I'd have a yeah. lot of dish, uh, sausage a chestnut sausage. gratin with some merguez mm. well it's for two, so it's, it's, it's 2017 quite... so just before we give it our, our full wine expert knowledge mm -hmm. uh, tasting um, it's uh, it was a very hard very dry pot year apparently so it's an excellent vintage for structured mm. wines um so well, this might be quite a good one to lay down, Ben. Um, I don't know. I think I'd just drink that with a nice <clears throat> uh, chili con carne. Mm. Chili con carne. There. I've got a picture there of someone lying down um, just uh, during the Tour de France. And yeah. I don't think we'd lie down. Or get anything. up. Get up. Get up. Get on with it. Get on um, with it. Be a good domestique, which this would be actually over dinner, wouldn't it? Be yeah, I think it domestique. Would, be a good yeah. nice sort of uh, company. Go with meal. duck. Hoist. Yeah, oh, yeah, one of those aromatic uh, duck things. Yeah, got a, actually the wine before that would go well because that's got plums. <laughs> um, the 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 region we didn't touch on the the stews. That are big oh. for this region as well and the more i taste these wines and talk about mushrooms onions sausage um the big stews that they serve up here that they're quite famous for um there's a one called a put pute pute which is a, a sort of french stew that originates from the la conorgue sorry no, la, la <clears throat> yeah not far from monte agui Agu, agua. Um, <laughs> One of those three. With, yeah. Pig trotters, lard, beef, onions, potatoes, Charlotte's got Charlotte, shallots, shallots, garlic, uh, red wine, and um, and they also have a bouquet garnet, garni, which is the uh, the herbs that are tied together. And uh, well, this wine's quite herby. It would I go think. with that. It yeah. would go with that. And I found a picture. I just remembered that was for you, really, more than anyone. Yeah, uh, Remy the Rat from yeah, Ratatouille, from Ratatouille rat who's got it, his little herbs and he's put it, putting it in his stew. Yeah, um, so he's, he made it in a Parisian kitchen. Hmm. I would I would suggest that this is a region to go to generally in autumn when things are getting a bit chilly. Yes, prowl wind, which we mentioned there, which was in the faces of the riders on um, the stage five, I think. Yeah. Um, 
it's a bit chilly. You go and have those hearty, and you have a hearty Cote de Rhone, like the uh, Van Sobra from Saint. Yeah, like the Cassoulets and all that <clears> kind of stuff. That all yeah. of those bore beans. I, we bought back loads of cans of that from France. It's it's oh, a good gear. It's good stuff. Um, and finally, uh, from Sainsbury's, this is another Sainsbury's taste the difference. Yeah. Um, and this is a big attack <laughs> to give you a, because the attack is something you're doing bike riding. Um, we've got the Chateau Neuf de Pape. And now this, this is big. This is big wine. And uh, oh. with the, the Beastie Boys, actually, I, I found this great from one of their uh, songs, raps. Uh, like a bottle of like like a bottle of Chateau Neuf de Pape. I'm like I'm like wine when I start to rap. Go on, the Beastie Boys, they're pretty good. But Chateau yeah. Neuf de Pape really is quite big in popular culture, isn't it? When we talk about wine, it's one of those brands that sort of superseded yeah. everything. Really, it's um it's a very famous uh, yeah very famous region. Um, it was interestingly. Visited by UFOs, apparently. Um, there were a lot of UFO sightings around the Chateau Neuf, Chateau Neuf de Pape region. So local mayor, uh, Lucien Juin, at this time this was happening, um, sprung to action and to protect the vines, uh, he passed a municipal decree, which stands, uh, mm -hmm. to keep aliens out of local skies <laughs> over the vineyards. Um, well, that's a, it's a policy... Our government seems to have adopted as well. Illegal aliens don't get out of it. Don't come near our vineyards. Uh, so the Chateau Nafta Pap is a 40-minute drive from La Teal, so that does make it very relevant to our yep. stage. Um, and the wines here... That's a big one. Yeah, the wines here are predominantly red blends. Uh, they, they do a small percentage of whites. Uh, it means the Pope's New Castle and Pope Clement... Uh, the fifth um, was uh, important for trying to uh, inspire the winemaking techniques of the area, apparently. And when he died, his body was lying in state. And apparently a thunderstorm uh, arose during the night and lightning struck the church where his body lay. No setting, way. Setting it on fire. That is some biblical shit. Yeah. Uh, um, apparently, the terroir is affected here in Chateau Neuf, Neuf de Pape from a layer of stones called Galais or pebbles. And yes, are uh, remnants of alpine glaciers that have been smoothed over millennia by the Rhone. Um, and does this? Um, what's, what role does the weather play in this particular vineyard? Um, it's really cold uh, during the day, and it's <laughs> like super hot at night. <laughs> No, but the heating of the stones apparently originally. I don't think there are as many of these stones as there were when they when they first started making wine in the region. Right, but does they retain some of the heat? So I think it is a bit warmer at night. Than, oh, okay, so might be a little bit of an issue there. And um, this is a 2018 our Chateau Neuf, Neuf de Pape uh, taste the difference from Sainsbury's. Um, it was a 2018. Just to warn you, Ben, um, 2018. A uh, bad year for mildew, apparently. Some of the mm. worst mildew mm. the producers have ever seen. Mm. Um, and uh, it was a tough year. So if you're going for Chateau Neuf de Pep uh, 2018s, you've got to be a bit more uh, careful. In your We've life. definitely tasted those in the right order, haven't we? That last one is... That's big. C'est grand. C'est massif. C'est... Massive in the centre, yes, um, and uh, it costs eighteen pounds as well. Does so, it? Um, should be big. It should big be big money, um, big wine. Again, you can lie that down if you want, but as we said, lying down is for losers. Yeah. Stay on your bike. Um, so there we are. Those are the three, three, three wines we've had, and Very they're good. all available in Sainsbury's. I think. To, to, yeah, if you're doing also, a big shop. Um, we, only, we only had room for three wines, but there's a there's a really good wine society wine from this region um, uh, called Côte du Rhône Bou de Zan, D apostrophe Z A N, and it comes okay. from the Mat du Libien uh, vineyard. And I've been there. Right. Uh, I went back there in 2005, ah. um, and it was being run then, and it's still in the family, but run by. 
uh, a woman, a, a female winemaker called Helene Thibon, um, who is known locally as Belle, Belle Helene, as a beautiful Helene. And tell you what, mate, I can tell why. She is a very, very pretty lady, but also an amazing winemaker. And she, she, uh, they all specialise in, in organic wines and bioda, biodynamic stuff. So they're, they're, they do stuff like fill cow horns with dung and bury them in the vineyards, and uh, okay. and then they align their sort of cellar work with phases of the moon, nice. and, and they brew all, all sort of potions and they mix it all over the grapes and the vines. Um, um, and she, I remember telling me that you have to stir they. They were boiling these cow horns, and she said, you have to stir the liquid in two directions to get the minerals out. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But whatever she does seems to work. It works. Uh, um, and they, and they um, work the vineyards. They've got a horse called Nesta. And I've got a little photo of Belle Hélène. Mm -hmm. Nesta doing their thing. Wait a minute, bear with me. Um, <coughs> I say doing their thing, I mean playing the vineyards. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, and that was it. Was on this trip that I went to another vineyard, and there was a French man, as you'd expect around that region. <laughs> no shit, uh, yeah. And um, he was telling me that um, his his grandf his grandfather's used to uh, plough the vineyard using monkeys, <laughs> <laughs> and. I let him carry on, and he was like, "Yes, and the monkeys they come down here, and then they do this." Uh, and uh, I was writing this down, going, "This is this is a great story." This is front page. page. Um, and rarely for me, I've decided to verify some of the facts afterwards. I went, "So, are you sure it's monkeys?" And he said, "Yes." And I drew a monkey. He went, "No, that's not what we used." Uh, he meant donkeys. Donkey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If I, only, if I hadn't asked, yeah, it would have been a great legitimate. story. It would have been legitimate. Yeah, because he um, said it as a direct quote. Um, uh, this is another one I've just got a picture of. So if you're just listening, I'm afraid you can't see what that is. But it's Tavel, which is another regional speciality. And it's a bit more like a rosé. If you can see the picture there, it's uh, a pink wine uh, that they produce. And Ben mentioned uh, the chestnuts and the chestnut liqueurs. Um, so that's... Uh, a reasonably big deal in this part of the country. There's also some other craft brewing going on, uh, Brasserie yeah. Ancel, which is a 30-minute drive from Gap, which was um, yeah, part of this, this section of the tour. Um, and they've got some nice branding going on. We haven't yeah. been there. Uh, some of these beers are going to be hard for you to source in the UK, but part of our ambition is that we inspire you when all the lockdown laws have been lifted to Go get over bike. to... Get on, get on your bike, literally, and get over there and, and visit some of these places because that's a little ski resort as well. So apparently really nice in the summer, loads of activities going on up in Ansel, um, and they've got a, a little craft brewery going on. So the, the, the loads going on with, with food and drink in this It's region. a great place. If you can make it there, the Odesh is absolutely brilliant. It's a lovely yeah. part of the world, um, and the food and drink is, is great. What it lacks in motorways and people, it makes up for in gastronomy. I never really liked uh, motorways or indeed people. No, exactly. <laughs> that is a good reason to go. To One and two of them, and that's terrible. Just hell. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Proof again that we are increasingly becoming the the wine kids. To go uh, to, I the mean, wine kids on the block. Uh, I think must, I imagine if you're a wine writer right now, you're shitting your pants. Oh um, my god! Well, I mean, we're just blowing the lid on what is, what well, far I can tell, an absolute sham of a profession. <laughs> so, well, uh, I'm sure we'll get some feedback. Yeah, to, on, on theories. I'm like going to go and I'm, I'm going to go and do my master of wine exam this afternoon. Yeah. So that uh, <laughs> let's call it call it quits there, and uh, and thank you again to everyone who's who's yeah. downloading or uh, watching these videos. They are available on YouTube. We're not really pumping them through YouTube with any vigor. 
Uh, but we are on the Facebook. We're really pumping hard on Facebook. Um, so, so come and see the videos and you'll see all of the hilarious pictures of mushrooms that look like bottoms and the like. And <laughs> follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Strava because yes. we are. We're doing our bike riding. We're trying to get ready for our, our Norfolk 100, 100-mile uh, bike ride on September the 20th, which we may or may not do a bit of video from depending on how right. crippling yeah. that is for yeah. us. Uh, so, so follow us. Follow us on all of that. And don't forget, once again, if you talk about the podcast on uh, social media, make sure you uh, tag us in. And if you tag us in and spread the word, you will be in chance. In, uh, you will be in with a chance to win that wonderful Watney cycling top worth £66.99 um, from, where is it from again? Um, uh, Prendas Pre uh, Ciclismo yeah. um, and they do a lot of work with really good Italian uh, cycle clobber yeah. producers so I'm not not some hooky stuff from China uh, yeah it's, it's really not good not like gear. that hooky stuff from China you bought for my birthday Right. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, brilliant. Thank you for, Thanks, for guys. tuning in. Au revoir. Um, we'll see you for more cycling next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.